Good morning, Generations Church Online. Man, we are so excited that you are here. You are joining us wherever you are joining us from, whether it's New York, whether it's South Dakota, Colorado Springs, or here in California. Man, we are honored that you are here with us this morning. My name is Rich. I'm an assistant pastor here at Generations Church, and I'm just so honored um, to be giving this talk this morning with you today. I'm going to jump right into it, if that's okay with you. Um, we're going to jump into Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20. 20 through 21 in the New King James Version. It says this, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. I want you to remember that fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. This is the one we may know. Verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Basically, those who are talkative, those that like to have the gift of gab, um, will, it will eat of the fruit or have consequences that follow it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. Uh, Father, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, into this place. As it says in John, uh, I decrease, Lord, as you increase in me, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord, for everyone watching here today. Um, we just pray, Lord, that their hearts be open, Lord, to receive your word, Lord, and not just receive it, Lord, but apply it to their lives. Father God, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise, and we just thank you, even though it's only 60 games, though we thank you for baseball season starting soon. In Jesus' name, amen. And I know maybe I got half of you guys that kind of applauded on that one in the chat. Maybe um, I am a baseball guy. I love baseball. I love that. At least it's coming back at some capacity, um, so I'm excited about that. So um, really, if you think about it, as we dive into this talk today, if you think about it, everything that God created, he created through his words through speaking, all right? And I know you may have heard the, the phrase, actions speak louder than words, but maybe after this talk today, you might see that a little differently. Um, in the word of God, it says, then God said, and it was. Then God said, and it was. It didn't say that God waved his hand around, and it was, right? I want you to hear this right here. God's actions were in his words. I'm going to say that again. God's actions were in his words. And the amazing part is we are created in his image. So there's just something about when we speak, us speaking, there's just like a creative force um, that actually uh, leans towards life or death in our lives. And the enemy, you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to twist that truth around. And the title of my message today is the truth about words. So the truth about words. So when the enemy comes in, he wants to twist that. He wants to twist that truth a little bit, right? And he's called the father of lies. So he wants to speak lies into you. He did it at the way, uh, way in the beginning with Eve. He wanted to speak lies into her instead of the truth. So we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37. This is a great piece of scripture. I'm going to kind of give it some context after I read this portion of it. You're going to be familiar maybe with some of the verses here starts in verse 33. It says this in the New King James, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit. Maybe you've heard that before. It says brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? Maybe this phrase we know for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks for man out of the good treasure of his hearts bring forth or speaks Good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Check out verse 36 and 37. But I say to you that every idle word, every idle word men may speak 
They will have to give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. And I know the word says that we are um, saved through grace by faith. And so, and that's thing, that's what we hold on to. And what that really means is right here in the scripture saying that if we have that grace, if we've received Jesus, then we've had a heart transplant. We've changed our heart. So in turn, our heart is changed. So then our words and our mouth should be changed. So I want to kind of paint this picture for you. In this word, in verse 33, it says um, the tree, the good fruit and the bad. The tree in this illustration, I believe Jesus is saying is the heart, is your heart. And actually the fruit is your mouth and the words that come out of your mouth. Again, I wanted to say about the context. So actually earlier in this passage, Jesus actually heals a man who actually couldn't speak. And the Pharisees were there and they called out Jesus and they actually accused him, even though Jesus was flowing in the Holy Spirit, they actually accused him of flowing in actually the spirit of Satan, basically. And Jesus stopped them right there. He said, you know what? Your hearts are hardened. Your hearts are wrong right now. And that's why what's coming out of your mouth is coming out of your mouth right now. And um, I just want to speak to that today. Um, Really, we are, our hearts are changed. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, you have a new heart. Um, You are a born-again believer. You have a new heart. Um, And I just want to work through this with you. We need to work on our words. And I'm I'm one to say that I need to work on my words as well. But let's do this together. So I just want to dive into this. I want to talk about three truths about our words. Number one, truth about our words is words cost. Words cost. All right, real quick in the chat, um, I'm going to ask a question. And so, um, but, but can I speak freely? Is that okay? Maybe in the chat you could give like a thumbs up or something like that. Say, yeah, go ahead, pastor. I just, I just want to speak freely. Is that okay? All right, cool. I think I see it right now. Uh, the answer, actually, the answer is no. We never speak freely because words cost. And so with us celebrating, you know, this, this Independence Day, I know it's a little different because of uh, the climate of the nation right now and the climate of the world and, and everything that's going on. But I, but I am truly proud to be an American. I know this people still struggling to fight for the freedoms that they deserve. And I definitely agree with that as well. But the first thing in the Constitution, and actually it wasn't endowed by uh, the men who wrote the Constitution, but it says by the creator, by God. The first one was freedom of speech. And I do agree that we have the right to freedom of speech. Now, people obviously take it to a certain extreme. But really, does that mean I can say whatever I want and not have to give an account to God? We just read the scripture right now. Does that mean that my words are free? I don't think so. So I can say whatever I want. I can say whatever I want to my wife and it not cost me? Ouch. All right. Somebody in there in the chat. Ouch. Um, sorry, babe. That didn't come off <laughs> the way I wanted it to. But, but really, simply because America gives us the right to do something, can we say whatever we want? Truly. And some people can say, yeah, I can say whatever I want and I'm going to do that. And that's where the enemy comes in again. He kind of chirps into your ear and says, make that comment, write that post against what it is because it's it's free. You have the freedom to do so. So go for it. But actually our words cost. And again, I I just want to reiterate, I'm I'm just proud. I'm glad I'm an American citizen, truly, truly. But about nine years ago, When I fully gave my life to Jesus, I became a citizen of the kingdom of God. America, when when America passes away, heaven will still be here. Amen. Um, Presidents may come and go, but Jesus is on the throne and he is Lord forever. Can I get an amen in the chat? Some praise hands. Amen. I have to give an account for every idle word that I say. According to Matthew 12. 
Have you ever thought of this? If America says it's legal, is it right? If America says it's legal, is it right? I'm about to mess with some people right now. Um, technically, gambling is legal in many places. Obviously, in, uh, in casinos, Las Vegas, and things like that. I know I'm, I'm, I mess with people, and I'm not condemning people who gamble, but this is just the thing on my heart. Um, in Psalms chapter 24, it says, everything, the world is God's, everything in it is the Lord's. And actually, he has just entrusted us as managers or stewards of those things. So I can ask you a question, how can you gamble with something that isn't yours? Ooh, I just felt that. I felt that. Sorry. All right. But you guys get the point. Just because America says it's legal, is it really Right. Again, I'm glad we have that freedom of speech, but it doesn't mean that words are free. Words cost. So in Psalm chapter 141, verse 3, this is David speaking, and I love it. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. And I thought of my playing days as a football player. Um, we have a mouth guard, right? You have a mouthpiece in there, and it's for protection. It's to protect your mouth, just in case you get knocked out. You get the bell rung, whatever, right? Um, it's to protect you. And I believe David's crying out to God, be like, just protect me, God. Be there for me. Help me to control this thing that is my mouth and my lips. Keep watch over the door of my lips, he says. In Psalm 39, verse 1, says this. This is David again. I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. So you can sin with your tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. I'm going to stop right there because honestly, some of y'all need to uh, no, 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 I'm just playing. But yeah, some of us could really maybe try that. Let's try. Maybe try put a muzzle on and see what happens, right? We, you know, we do it on our dogs. But anyway, um, uh, it says there, restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I just want to talk real quick. I hope that's okay. Um, and ask this question. Have you ever made the statement uh, or the question say, I probably shouldn't say this? It, it, honestly, like, you know, for me, it's like on the level of you say no offense and then you say something offensive to somebody, right? Um, honestly, it's on that same level. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And normally, like I said, we say it anyway. But guess what? We probably shouldn't have said it. We had it right the first time. It's either um, Holy Spirit or it's our, uh, or just common sense that tells you not to say it. Um, probably both. Um, but we say it anyway. So I, I just want to really address this, even in our culture, in our society, we have to be careful with this uh, word course, this word called sarcasm. And I really want to address that. You know, some of us may be sarcastic and we're like, you know, that's just the way I am. You know, I just like kind of, you know, kind of cracking those uh, jokes and things like that, throwing some quote unquote shade or whatever. Right. But some people are just sarcastic. That's just the way they are. And that's what they say. That's how they speak. And that's nice in the movies. And it's nice on TV, you know, kind of gives you a good laugh and things like that. Um, but in real life, there's a fine line. There really is a fine line when it comes to sarcasm. So I just want to uh, just just just, just kind of throw that out there. All right, whether you catch it or not. Right. We have to be careful when it comes to sarcasm. And I'll tell you why. So number one, what's words cost? Number two is words hurt. Words hurt people. Words hurt people. So each of these truths have a lie attached. Like I said, the enemy wants to come and feed you that lie instead of the truth. And here's the lie. Right, the lie for my first point, words cost, is that words are free. And we know that by, by the word that we read in Matthew chapter 12, that they are not free. We have to give an account for them to God, everything that we say. Now, for point number two, words hurt, the lie is that words hurt unless you're just kidding around. Oh, I was just joking, JK, JK. 
I want you to check out this scripture in Proverbs chapter 28. It will just blow your mind. 18 and 19, New Living Translation. Check this out. It says, just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was joking. Ouch. And says, I was joking. Just as dangerous. Just as damaging. In other words, using lies and deception and uh, manipulation to try to say, and then say you were joking about it. This is what we do. This is what we call throwing jabs. I want people to throw the little uh, boxing glove in the chat right now because sometimes we're, we're masters, man. Like we're masters at throwing jabs at people all the time, man. We can, we can, we can actually, man, we might be even be the, the heavyweight champion of the world with some of that stuff that we'd be throwing, right? So that's what we do. We throw jabs. And we throw shade nowadays, you know, for the younger people, right? So we throw those jabs. And I, I could just share a story. When I was growing up, I was really reckless with my words. I blamed it on anger. I blamed it on, you know, my parents being divorced at a very young age. And so that's what I was. I just, I just threw words out, you know, threw garbage out, you know, negative words, evil, death out to people. And it was because that additive, you know, that we've heard before hurt people hurt people. And that was my excuse. And if somebody threw a jab at me, man, I was looking for that perfect opportunity to get back at them, to get back at them even worse, maybe even 10 times worse than they even came at me. And then when I got caught or, you know, got called out, I would say, man, I was just kidding, man. You're too sensitive, man. I didn't mean anything by that. Come on, somebody. Somebody said that before. But the Bible says that I did. I did mean something by that because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if it came out of my mouth, that it means it was in my heart. So when we take those jabs, there's some truth to it. Let's be real. Come on. There's some truth to those words that we're speaking. I know this is a silly illustration, but um, let's just say I was walking in an orange grove and I passed by an orange tree. I'm like, yo, orange tree, what's up? And, and in this illustration, orange tree talks. Um, so and I was like, yo, orange tree, man, those are nice oranges right there. And the orange tree, no, 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 man. I'm not even an orange tree, man. I'm an apple tree. I don't mean nothing by those oranges. And for some of y'all, that just kind of went over the top. But if you have oranges on your tree, you orange tree, man. You can't just say that I'm not, uh, uh, I didn't mean anything by that, and now I'm apples. No, you're an orange, man. So imagine you trying to tell that to God. I didn't mean anything by that, God. I said that to that person, but I didn't mean nothing. God will tell you, are you kidding me? Are you joking right now? I wrote all this. I wrote out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're going to try to tell. Why I said what I said, I should be saying to God, you know what, God, I didn't even realize that was still in my heart. How can I deal with this, God? How can I deal with this right now? And Jesus compared our words and our mouth to fruit and, and fruit grows on trees and trees have roots or roots, like Pastor Troy likes to say. I want to read this to you right now. Listen very carefully. What is the root of that tree that's growing in your life that produced the fruit that just came out of your mouth? The only way we can deal with bad words and things spoken over us is to repent, or things that we speak, I'm sorry, is to repent and ask for forgiveness. Turn away from those things. Ask God for forgiveness. And in the same light, things that were spoken over you, bad words that were spoken over you, you need to forgive that person that said them to you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm going to look directly into the camera. Some of you are dealing, you guys are dealing with things in your lives 
that were because of something somebody said years ago. And those things, and because you haven't forgiven them, those things have taken root. Uh, trees have been able to grow, and there's fruit being produced in your life right now. So right now, if that's you right now, I want you to forgive that person. If it was something bad, negative words, bad words that were said to you and hurt you, you need to forgive that person because those trees are growing. That fruit is being produced in your life. In other words, cut the tree down. Cut it down. Don't allow it to continue to grow and produce fruit in your life. Cut it down. John the Baptist said this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 10. He said that the axe is laid to the root of the tree. The axe is laid to the root of the tree. And I believe Jesus came to deal with some heart issues. Just like I said earlier with the Pharisees, he called them out saying, man, the reason why you're speaking like this, the reason why you're saying I'm flowing in the spirit of Satan is because your hearts are hardened. Your hearts aren't open to receive me. So number one, words cost. Number two, words hurt. Number three, words last. Words last. The lie of this is that words just evaporate. They just disappear when you say them into thinner. They just float up into the clouds. Hold up. Well, nowadays that actually does happen. A lot of our words go into the cloud because um, I don't know about you, but I talked to him uh, with my wife about something and like you know, next thing you know, I'm scrolling Instagram and exactly what I just talked about. All right. So that's a little different in these day and age. But really the lie is that words just evaporate. But the truth is that words last. If you want to learn more just about or study more about what the tongue can do, um, James chapter three is a great place to go, but I'm just going to kind of reference something real quick. Um, but it talks about that the tongue causes a forest fire, a forest fire, not just a fire, but a forest fire. And what is a forest consist of? A bunch of trees, right? So when you say something in a joking or kidding manner and you devastate someone with those words, you devastate them because 10 other people said exactly the same thing about them. 10 other people said exactly the same thing and those trees took root and those trees grew and produced fruit in their lives and you came along and said the same thing and started a fire. And not just a fire, but you started a forest fire in their lives. That's what words do, according to James chapter three. Have you ever said in that situation, like, man, that got way bigger than I thought it was, like, like should have or would have? It's because there was other trees there. Those are the words that were spoken over those people in their lives, and you just kind of jumped on top, and you were basically the straw that broke the camel's back in their lives and caused that fire. So I just want to share just a quick story as we're getting close to closing out. Um, I want to admit something to each and every one of you. I was, I was a deceiver. I was somebody who liked to manipulate and I was also a, a cheater and just used my words to deceive, twist, turn um, partners in my life. And um, obviously not proud of that. And I'm just so um, glad that Jesus saved me from that. But that's who I was. That's who I identified as. It made me feel more confident, made me feel good when unfortunately I tore somebody else down. And so I just want to share this with you because words do last they really, really do. And, and God reminded me, actually, it was, I was just starting to step back into church. It was like one of those, like, I felt like I would just immediately burn up if I came to church. But I started to slowly come back to church. And I just knew I had a conviction that I needed to break up with um, my girlfriend at the time, right before, actually, I met my wife. And, and so I thought it was just me. I thought it was just my conscience and things like that. I didn't know it was God. 
Um, now I know it was God. And he reminded me, do you remember that time you got knocked out? And I was like, what? Like, that didn't happen too many times, by the way. But, I, I, but do you remember that time that your buddy knocked you out? And I had to, re you know, remember. And it, and it was me and my buddy were in the front yard of his house. And we were just, you know, kind of scrapping and stuff. You know, we had gloves on and we we're just messing around. And, you know, and then I was doing, like, my best, like, you know, boxing. I was, like, moving around, you know, stick and move and all that, you know, throwing my jabs. And, and he was just there methodical. He didn't really move too much. And boom, right on the chin. And I blacked out. Like, I, I just literally got knocked out. And I woke up and I was like, what just happened? And God wanted me to remind me of that because that pain that I felt in my jaw, it wasn't just for the next couple of days, it was for the next couple of weeks. And God was telling me in that time, he was saying that, you know what? When you say what you say and talk to, to those people the way you talk to those people, you're knocking them out every single time and you're knocking them down. And that pain that you're causing is not just lasting a day or two, it's lasting weeks, months even years, and it really humbled me in that time. So now I know you guys are ready for some good news. I just wanted to show that words do last, but those are bad words. But now I have some good news. Just like bad words last, good words last too. So as I close, I just want to share um, the three points that we went over again, but I'm going to add a little something to them. Check it out. Number one, words cost, but they can also be an investment in someone's life. I think of uh, making deposits and withdrawals. We need to be making deposits in people's lives, not just withdrawals, taking, taking, taking. We need to make deposits and invest in them with our words. Amen. Number two, words hurt, but they can also heal. And right now, I know you're thinking of the person that was there for you when you were at your darkest, at your lowest moment, and they spoke words of encouragement. They spoke, spoke words of life and healing and maybe it was you just went directly to the father and just embraced him and he healed you with his words and who he says that you are to him. And number three, the words, like I just said, words last, bad words last, but also good words last too. And as I close, I'm going to say this. This is an autobiographical story and I want to read it and it shows that good words last. A seminary professor was vacationing with his wife in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, our very own Pastor Angela is from Tennessee. I don't know who that is, Pastor Angela. But one morning, they were eating breakfast at a little restaurant, hoping to enjoy a quiet family meal. While they were waiting for their food, they noticed a distinguished-looking, white-haired man moving from table to table, visiting with the guests. The professor leaned over and whispered to his wife, I hope he doesn't come over here. But sure enough, the man did come over to the table. Where are you folks from? He asked in a very friendly voice. Oklahoma, they answered. Great to have you here in Tennessee, the stranger said. What do you do for a living? I teach at a seminary, he replied. Oh, so you teach preachers how to preach, do you? Well, I have a really great story for you. And with that, the gentleman pulled up a chair and sat down at the table with the couple. The professor groaned and thought to himself, great, just what I need, another preacher story. The man started, see that mountain over there? pointing out the restaurant window. Not far from the base of that mountain, there was a boy born to an unwed mother. He had a hard time growing up because every place he went, he was asked the same question. Hey boy, who's your daddy? Whether he was at school, in the grocery store, at the drugstore, people would ask the same question. Who's your daddy? He would hide at recess and lunchtime and, and from other students. He would avoid going into stores because the question hurt him so bad. When he was about 12 years old, a new preacher came to the church. He would always go in late and slip out early to avoid hearing the question, who's your daddy? 
But one day, the new preacher said the benediction so fast, he got caught up and walked out with the rest of the crowd. Just about the time he got to the back door, the new preacher, not knowing anything about him, put his hand on his shoulder and asked him, son, who's your daddy? The whole church got deathly quiet. He can feel every eye in the church looking at him. Now everyone would finally know the answer to the question, who's your daddy? The new preacher, though, sensed the situation around him and using discernment that only the Holy Spirit can give, said the following to the scared little boy. Wait a minute, he said. I know who you are. I see the family resemblance. You are a child of God. With that, he patted the boy on his shoulder and said, boy, you got a great inheritance. Go and claim it. With that, the boy smiled for the first time in a long time and walked out the door a changed person. He was never the same again. Whenever anybody asked him, who's your daddy? He just tell them, I'm a child of God. The distinguished gentleman got up from the table and said, isn't that a great story? The professor responded that it really was a great story. And as the man turned to leave, he said, you know, if that new preacher hadn't told me that I was one of God's children, I would have never have amounted to anything. And he walked away. The seminary professor and his wife were stunned. He called the waitress over and asked her, do you know who that man was who just left, who was sitting at our table? And the, waitness grinned, uh, the, the waitress grinned and said, of course, everybody here knows him. That's Ben Hooper. He's the former governor of Tennessee. So again, bad words, good words. What good words could do in our lives. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time in your presence. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word that was brought forth. Father God, the importance of each and every word that comes out of our mouths. Father God, as believers, Father God, that we, that, 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 Lord, Lord, that we speak life and not death, Father God. Lord, and I pray right now, Lord, if we're one of those, Lord, that um, have been towing that line, Lord, that have been maybe speaking uh, uh, death, Lord, I just, Lord, we just turn from that, Father God, we repent, we ask for forgiveness, Father God, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you guide and direct us, just as David said, guard our mouths, guard the door of our lips. Father, we just honor you. We praise you, Father God, Lord. We know people right now, Lord, are receiving freedom from this right now, Father, in Jesus' name. For those, Lord, I want to speak to those that, 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 that maybe are holding on to bad words. Right now, in the name of Jesus, those words do not define you. Those words do not define you. They don't identify you at all. Let them go. Cut the tree off right now. Forgive that person in Jesus' name. Lord, we honor you and we praise you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, guys, before we get out of here, we always do this. The most important part of this talk, of this message here, of this time, uh, is that if you've never received Jesus, or maybe as a recommitment to Jesus, we have an opportunity right now. So I'm going to say a simple prayer in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says that we confess with our mouth, and it's just so important, even after this talk right now, that it's so important that even when God created things, he said it, and it's so important that we confess. It's not just believing with our heart, but it's saying it with our mouth, and that Jesus um, was raised from the dead, that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. Um, so just say this prayer with me as I say it. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to shed his blood for me. I receive him today as my Lord and my Savior. Lord, forgive me for my sins, and I thank you, Lord, that I am a new person, 
and I have a new life in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, guys, if you said that prayer, we're going to have some of our team get on and just say what your next steps are. I'm just so honored again to be with you here today, man. We're excited. Even when one comes to Christ, heaven is rejoicing. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Have an amazing day. What an incredible message from one of our pastors, man. I'm, I'm so grateful. I feel challenged. I feel encouraged. But hey, maybe you, maybe you said yes to Jesus for the first time. And we want to talk directly towards you because we want to hear from you. We want to, we want to celebrate with you. But not only do we want to celebrate with you, we want to give you all the materials you need as you start this new journey. Whether you send us an email, a direct message, a Facebook message, we don't care how we get it. We just want to know that this decision that you made today, so that way we can give you those materials and celebrate with you. To our partners, thank you so much for continuing to give during this time. We know in spite of COVID-19, despite of all that's going on, you guys have been faithful in giving and faithful in your generosity. We just want to thank you for that. We want to remind you of the ways to give here at Generations Church. You text 84321, your amount to 84321. You can either, and also, excuse me, you can go to our website at generationschurch.tv. Click on the Give tab, follow the prompts on there. But lastly, you can go to the Church Center app. The Church Center app has a way that you can give. It's safe, it's secure. So download the Church Center app today, as well as the Church Center app isn't just for giving. You can also hear about the exciting things we got going on at GC. Yeah, the Church Center app is one of my favorite things. When I, as soon as I downloaded it, I was like, there's so much information at my fingertips. So definitely download the Church Center app so you can stay up to date. If you're not sure what's going on, it's right there. You just open it up and oh, that's what's <laughs> happening today tomorrow next week next month you are in the know when you have the church center app but you can also go to generationschurch.tv it has everything that we have going on as well so you will be in the know with that too and kiddos we have not forgotten about you your experience is starting right after this so parents gather your little chicks around the tv and get ready for an amazing word a game fun worship get in there with them and worship with them it's going to be amazing for you guys. I'm so excited. And so we are glad that you were joining us today. We can't wait to see you next week. We'll see you later. Love you guys.